tell you, God's working. God's working. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. As Brother Ford done said, there is no telling what God has done here. Classers, you can go back. Man, I know it's getting late. and Man, we just spent a few minutes. Next Sunday, we'll have a baptism. Jaylee Clark will be being baptized in Jesus' name. Praise God. This is what we're looking forward to and seeing this getting a hold of their hearts and their spirit and minds and just desiring to do what God wants them to do and have the help of the Holy Ghost and to bear his name and to allow his goodness and grace to go with them and lead them. Getting involved in the kingdom of God in an early age is the best thing you and I can do. Amen. This idea that may, some may think that to become popular or become something, you got to go out and sow some wheats and things. That's bull. Man, that's nonsense. The greatest, greatest testimony anybody's got, and I thank God for all those things he's ever done for people, including myself. I wasn't raised in this, but on the other hand, amen. It's not a greater testimony upon this earth than to have a testimony of presenting this earthen vessel unto God that you gave it to him all the days of your life because the opportunity was there to do it. And you didn't just let the opportunity slip by. You took advantage of it. You responded unto it. That's the way we have to be about coming to the house of God. It doesn't matter if it's a Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek service, or any other service. Or you could put, go as far as where two or three gathered together in his name. Man, we're going to take we're gonna, this opportunity. We're going to take advantage of it, make the most of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, there's a law. Amen. If you're deer hunting, by law, you're not supposed to kill but one buck a day. You're allowed three a year. Now, that's according to how you look at that. <laughs> I'm telling you, if two comes out on me, I'm figuring I'm about 175 behind. So if I kill two, <laughs> I'm a long way. That ain't happened but once in my life. But the point I'm trying to make, when the opportunity's there, you better make it count. Because you never know when it's going to happen again. The military has taught us that if you get an opportunity to sleep, you better sleep. Because you may see a time where you can go 24, 36, 48 hours. Man, you won't be able to. What I'm trying to tell us this morning, we need to make sure we make every service count. We need to come with that attitude and that spirit. I know there's some battles you have to fight with sometimes and some more than others. Man, to do that. But I would really purpose some things in my mind and heart and spirit. And when I come to the house of God, I'm not just going to come to kick back and sit back and observe and watch others. I'm going to get involved. Amen. I'm going to be a part, amen, that those that's getting involved, seeing a move of God, the move of the kingdom. Because there may be a day, oh, I'm going to take that back. There will be a day when you're going to need this kingdom moving for you. You're going to need this local assembly. You're going to need this prayer situation that goes on here. Amen. Working for you. It may not be for you on a personal basis. But it could be that that's even closer than that. That could be some of your own flesh and blood. Your own children. That you take their place in a heartbeat. But you can't. But you can have a church and a pray. Have a place that you can come with the power of God. And the kingdom of God's moving. And working for us. Got a good lesson today. It's a long lesson. <laughs> Amen. And uh, covers a lot. Building the temple. How many wants to be a kingdom builder? Wants to be involved in the kingdom building? Want to do your part? I mean, he's involved in it that doesn't matter if God gives you the idea of you, you want to persuade others to get a hold of that idea and join in with you. Maybe even to the point that you don't even get to credit. They forget about you. And about 60 years down the road, somebody else's name is attached to it. 
would you still be as involved in building the kingdom? Would you still be just as dedicated and just committed? It doesn't matter who wrote the song. It doesn't matter who sung the song. What was important that the right song was sung. Amen. This is all said and done. That's what this lesson's all about. It's wanting to be involved in the kingdom in whatever measure that might be. Realizing and understanding a man who was the real kingdom building builder, and that's none other but Jesus Christ. <clears throat> that all of us was called into this, elected and chosen. Amen. And I believe every individual's got a calling and a ministry and a part to be involved in the work of God. And all of them's very important. Even for a local assembly to be everything that God wants it to be in a community. To war against evil and wickedness. And to be victorious and to, to persuade our community, to convince our community. I believe this church is the most powerful church there is. I believe it's on a sure foundation. I believe we're taking our measurements from a chief cornerstone. I believe we're following in a doctrine of the apostles. A man that we can claim and begin to look for signs to follow them that believe. We don't run after prophets. We don't run after signs. Amen. No, we believers. We believe that we're two or three gathered together. Thank God for special services. Thank God for special events and all of that. But thank God we don't have to wait on just those to see it operate. But on a regular basis at your local assembly, amen, God has equipped the church and equipped the believers. Then any time they come together and join together, Souls ought to be born. Bodies ought to be healed. The gospel ought to have the liberty to be preached. Love of Christ, Christ should be poured out. We ought to be changed, amen, and, and, and leave different than what we came. Amen. Because that's what the church is all about. This kingdom. Amen. As we look at the, te the temple to this morning, amen, and building the temple. And uh, the first... Uh, some of the first kings, not the first one, but the second, third king of Israel, while they were still united together, plays a very important role in this temple building business. And uh, with the help of the Lord here today, and um, it's, as uh, I'd love to, there, there's a lot, there's really a lot I'd love to cover, and I'm hoping the Lord will help me to remember some of these key verses and uh, some of these golden nuggets that we can remember to bring out to us today to help us to, to grasp what really unfolds and takes place and seeing this happen. How God can use men, and not just men, but individuals to bring about, and not just one or two, amen, to get this job done. And uh, the, the beauty of it, what it represented, and and the fullness of it, a place where God was going to take up and bold and dwell, amen, even though it wasn't the temple that he was looking for as you look to in the New Testament. But anyway, 1 Kings 5 and 5. And behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. This is Solomon now talking and what he had purposed. Basically, as you're going to look in our lesson today, you see he's going to pull pick up the same purpose of his father David. And that's what he's going to follow through with. As the Lord spake unto David my father saying, Thy son whom I have set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build an house unto my name. This is what it's about. It was building a man a house and to represent the name of God, uh, the presence of God. Even prior to this service in the last few weeks, as we talk about elders, as we've talked about uh, uh, the temple itself and God's dwellings, uh, you know, if you really begin to look around, observe what we have built in America, what, where we have invested our money, 
where we have allowed our leadership to persuade us as a nation that what was important to uh, to generate money to entertain us where we would take and wouldn't mind spending a lot of time at it. In fact, we would be willing to drive for hours and miles and to go to it. Now, I can, that can break off to a lot of different places, but just to let you understand what I'm trying to say. And I'm not necessarily against all of it. But what I'm trying to tell you is that a, a lot of places that you drive through the country and possibly even to cities, that some of the most run-down places that you're going to see is what they call the house of God, the place of their worship. What is some of the most outdated places that still exist. You drive into those same communities. And you can see where individuals. Built great mansions. Great places to live. And take up a boat. But yet when they get into their. $195,000 vehicle. How about that? I don't think none of y'all are driving that. So. And make their way to the place they call the house of God. The place of worship. Try drive up to a building that's about a third of the size of their home. And their, their automobile they drove up in cost us more than the building or to replace the building. And then we want God to bless America. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just telling you where we at as a, as a nation. If you really begin to take note. Could it be that even here as, as God moves upon David. Begins to start a process. Because it's, it's God's business from the very beginning. To save humanity. To deliver humanity. And as you, you look at some of the great wonders. Of, of creation of man and, and the writers don't talk about them and we, we may enlighten them a little bit let me move from this and I'm going to come back to this the Lord will help me here truth about God God's plan and promises extend to multiply generations truth for our life is I will do what God calls me to do I'll do what God calls me to do and, and that says a lot more than what we might think. Uh, if God calls me to be a speak up the trash and, and clean up bathrooms and this is what I need to do and I'm going to do a good job. And, amen. And I'm not going to mumble and I'm not going to complain, but I'm going to do it. Amen. Just because I'm not holding something. But on the same token, amen, let's look at it. If God has called us to put us in positions and places that we're not real comfortable, amen, because we don't ever dream we'd wind up there. But yet it's a call of God that pulled us out of places, amen, and positioned us. So this same God. So all of it's got to be about God and by the name of God, amen, that this is his business. It's representing his favor. It's representing, amen, his anointing that's upon us and operating through us. That doesn't change from the Old Testament to the New Testament. He still operates and works in the same form and manner as with talents and gifts and things of that nature. Falling right back into some of the things we've been talking about for the last few months and last year or so. Amen. About what we give to the kingdom of God, to the work of God, the talents and the gifts that we got. Amen. And even when we're raising our children and, and, and encouraging them to gain educations and talents and skills and ability. Amen. The main focus of every bit of that, what ought to throne every bit of that is, is so you can serve the kingdom of God. It's not about money. It's not about positions. It's not about impressing people. It's not about I got the smartest kid in the classroom. It's not impressing the, the, the community, amen, or things of that nature. No, the top thing of that thing, it should always be, amen, so you can serve the kingdom of God better, amen. And so positions sometimes and making money may not be that call. So being willing to uh, cure the call of God, and then make the sacrifices that God may want us to make. 
Those sacrifices, man, I'm telling you, my mind and the Holy Ghost is going. Those sacrifices can go from one extreme to the other. Those sacrifices could be a man that I'm never going to try to pursue after a position, a place, making five and $600,000 a year because that's not the call of God in it. So I'm going to make the sacrifice, amen. I, I'm going you know, to drop down. I'm going to do this because this is where I have more liberty and more freedom, amen, a time to work at my local assembly and do what God wants me to be. So I'm willing to make that sacrifice. But I'm going to jump the fence now but that sacrifice also can be a man because God's calling God's electing upon me and I don't really have the skills and talents to grasp a lot of things like a lot of other people so instead of getting to go and play games and, and spending a lot of times going here and, and, and entertaining this and entertaining that I've got to spend time in prayer I've got to spend time in study i got to spend time going to trade schools i got to spend some time because that's a call of God in my life and I'm not as gifted as others so i got to make the sacrifice amen so I can attain and acquire the call of God the election of God. And so you see sometimes we just don't get all of it like we think we ought to. Amen. Because we look at sacrifice in different ways. But it's still the truth. Because it all starts with the call of God into the kingdom of God. And how that you and I can serve the kingdom at our best. At our best. So He begins to talk about a man in the lesson connection about uh, the custom pace of world events and how long it took to build them. He talks about different ones as we consider them. A man, the construction oven. He talks about the Hoover Dam. A man that's constructed just in five years. He talks about the Gateway Arch. It was in St. Louis that only took about two, uh, two and a half years. He talks about the Majestic Empire State Building that took in New York City that took only about one year and 45 days. Okay, so he talks about this, some of these events and different things. Now he goes to the other spectrum, the other side of this. And the next paragraph, he begins to talk about other but constructions in ancient times was conducted. It took what whole different scale of time and, and lives and things of this nature. In fact, if you read on down through that, you'll see even the Notre Dame's cathedral. A lot of these, he mentions cathedrals. Cathedral that was in Paris. It took 182 years, amen, to complete that project. He talks about a man in... Um, uh, another cathedral, the Dean Gate Cathedral in England, took another one, some 252 years to complete that. The Rock City of Petra in Jordan was carved in uh, over 450 years. A man to accomplish these tasks and, and dreams and, and desires of individuals. And now, what really sums this up, and one of the reasons I brought this out, look at the latter part of what he says about that. A man, when he goes and talks about the Great Wall of China, a man that took approximately two thousand years to give their so there was what two thousand years of workers to give their lives to building something knowing it would never be completed before their death they wouldn't see the end product they wouldn't see the finest and the finished work upon it but yet they gave their whole entire life amen to building this project and to see it come about and take place and amen so you and I as we come and we begin to talk about the church amen folks this is our church in a sense amen it's God's church, yes. But you and I is the one that makes this church up as earthen vessels. We're going right back to this elder stuff. That's arena so important what we produce out of this, out of this local assembly, God, and walk in the Holy Ghost and walking in the Word of God. Amen. So when we go out in the highways and the byways and, and become witnesses unto them out there, and we ought to. God didn't fill any of us up with the Holy Ghost to sit in caves. Or should I say just sitting in living rooms and bedrooms and sitting in houses and not doing nothing for the kingdom of God. That is not the intent of God. Now, it is not the will of God for all of you start going up and down these streets and screaming and hollering and doing this and taking things on your own things. No, you got to make sure the divine call of God and the anointing of God's got to be upon it. You and I, I don't care how true it is, if we're walking outside that anointing or outside that call, I tell you, God cannot favor it. It doesn't matter how much my left hand desires to be the right hand. And you can put it over if you want to, but it won't, it won't operate the same. It won't be able to attain the things that my right hand can. You can put it over here, but it's a little backwards, isn't it? A little harder to scratch the head, isn't it? Boy, it's a whole lot. Doesn't matter how much truth, how much word of God because that's where most everybody backs up, you know, the voice of God, the call of God in their lives. They're going to back it up with a letter. 
Notice I said the letter. <laughs> Not the spirit, but the letter. But you and I know, amen, the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. I'm not taking that out of context. That's true in all the calling of the election. We can go back to the body, go, go to a lot of areas. But I don't time. I just don't have time. Okay. So as we begin to watch this, as it really begins to unfold, you can drop on down. He says, we all should be investing in things that will outlive us. Praise God. Man, I want there to be a church here until the rapture comes. That's the way we want to make sure it's built on the right doctrines, the right foundation. Hey, that's the only way that we'll know there'll be a church. And a, I want there to be a resurrection to take place out of this local assembly when that day comes. I want some that's driving up in these parking lots, walking into this assembly, that on that day they'll experience that transformation, not out of a graveyard. I'm talking about out of this, off of this, or wherever that you might be at that moment. And you may be here. Who knows? I don't know. We may all be here. I don't know. That's God's business. He knows. And we're leaving that in his hand. But I'm telling you, the ultimate goal is for every local assembly should be, regardless of what denomination they call themselves or whatever, one of the best ways to see if that church was successful or not is go after when the rapture takes place, go take a visit. Don't go visit the building. Go visit the graveyard. You probably won't be able to get in the building because of so many is going to show up. But the real place to judge, amen, whether or not we was kingdom-minded and kingdom-builders, even as a local assembly, is by going and judging our graveyard and just seeing how many empty tombs, amen, is in the graveyard. Boy, y'all looking at me like I'm... It is the truth. We do believe in the resurrection. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out a little bit here this morning. <laughs> we, believe, we believe we're coming up out of that. I don't know if he's going to bust up. I don't know how he's going to do that. There's some awful big slabs back there. God's, but I'll tell you what, he won't have no problem getting them out of there. <laughs> there may be some that walks back there and say, I paid $10,000 for this thing and it's just... <laughs> no, nah, I promise you they won't. <laughs> it won't matter then. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, so as we move from this, as we, we begin to see, so we want to make investments to something that's everlasting. Y'all said we should be willing to give what? Our time, our talents, our treasures to work on kingdom items that may or may not ever be realized during our lives, but which will make a huge impact in the generation that follows. Doesn't matter if they tag me with it or not. You know, one of the biggest money makers that used to be, and I don't know if y'all ever see it anymore, but I, I can remember even, you know, most all the nominations done it. To, they wanted to change the pews, amen, in their, their building, amen. So they would get people to donate, and they promised them to put a little tag on the end of it. Who donated and honor somebody or themselves or whatever it might be. And so it was a means and a ways to raise money. And really the reason they gave that money, they didn't give a hoot about the pew, <laughs> Well, I ain't being ugly. I'm just telling you like it is. The real key was that little tag on the end. That pew didn't, could be empty, but, the, but they brought everybody's attention about the tag. And so here's, here's what he, so this is what's helping us understand. It's not about me. Really, all said and done, it's not about me. It's about God and the anointing of God. It doesn't matter if I'm a singer. It doesn't matter if I'm a preacher. It doesn't matter if I'm washing dishes. It doesn't matter if I'm cleaning, you know, and, and whatever it might be. Amen. I'm telling you, that's all that really matters. I want to do my part. And you're going to notice in the, today's lesson is we covered two different areas of two different men, if time allows us here, the multitudes that are involved of getting this temple built and bringing it to pass. Also, at the end of the lesson, I will bring this out. Amen. Because we most, and as the scripture is going to see, it's a David's idea. Or is it? Don't you love it when people claim the idea? You know, it's my idea, this and that, and all my butt, butt. Paul said that we don't get nothing on our own. James said that all gifts come from 
So, <laughs> you know, so it doesn't matter what it is. We've been blessed with it. God gave us the gifts, the talents, the opportunities, and the abilities to possess whatever it might be. Time, money, talents, opportunities. God is where it actually comes from. So I've already kind of let the, the mouse out. Okay. So as we look at this, David desired, when you look at the very beginning of the lesson, and it talks about David desired to build a house for the Lord. And uh, when you begin to look into that, and if you go actually back to First Chronicles 21, I didn't give you that scripture, so it'll be all right. I'm going to just go there and, and try to, to cover uh, as much as I can of this uh, with the time I got. And um, so you're going to notice in this particular time of, of David's life, he wanted to number the people. To put out a censure. He was encouraged not to. Joab tried to persuade him, said, Look, look, come on, you know that God, God, you know, God don't look at that. God's the far more than the number. If you get the number, that's going to persuade you. That's going to, you know, it's going to bother you. You know, I, I've told people this. I've had people, you know, go to the doctors and those doctors will say certain things to them and certain things is happening and not real sure we're going to do these tests. And I'd tell them, Hey, don't, 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 don't do a checkup on that. Don't, don't do all this research on it. Because 99% of it's going to be negative. 99% of it's going to affect you. <laughs> We're going to believe a different report. You know, and we're just going to pray because, so the best thing for you is not to invest. And so, so here, as we watch this, amen, as, as David's wanting to number the people, he actually sins. He transgresses against God. God sends an angel. He gives him the opportunity. Nathan comes to him, gives him the opportunity, three choices of how they want that God to deal with this and to return to him. So this is a chapter prior to this. is the setup of all of this. And so with this setup of this going on and unfolding, and after this unfolded, and God had mercy, amen, and, and so at the end of this, and, and the angel comes, and, and it's, it's stopped. But in this visit, this is the point in place. And this is where, if you look about the 18th verse of that particular chapter, the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David shouldn't go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing court of Ornan, the Jebusite. And so there he does that. He goes to Ornan. He goes there. He wants to give it to him. The land, he wants to give him the ox. He wants to give him the instrument. He wants to do everything to build the altar, make the sacrifice. David says, no, no. He said, I'm not giving no sacrifice to God without a cost. Without a cost, amen, without making a sacrifice, without making a commitment, okay? And so, as you watch this unfold, and I'm making a point here, this is the place where he offers these, this sacrifice and this altar. This is the place where David decides to build the temple, okay? And actually, if you go back and do a study, you'll see which were Abraham, Mount Moriah, and a lot of others starts making this same connection about this temple. And so when you look at the 22nd chapter, which is our main lesson text today in 1 Chronicles 22, and you begin to pick up, and David said, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offerings for Israel. And David commanded, now notice something. I find this very, this just captivated my mind the first time I even read this. Amen. And, and took a note to him. And David commanded to gather together the strangers. He didn't call his buddies. He didn't call this one and call this another. But, but David began to make a call to strangers. That were in the land of Israel. And he set masons and he, to hew and began to walk stones of the house. And David prepared iron in abundance and for nails and doors of the gates. And, and for the joinings and brass in abundance and without weight. And so he began together. He began to pull these resources and materials in. To set them up and begin to, to, to make nails and those joints, amen, where wood would come together, they joint together. If you know anything about woodwork and things of that nature, you know how all that works. And it's actually stronger than a nail and things of this nature. So he was, he was bringing and bringing this all in abundance. And 
even of cedar trees in abundance and, 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 and from Tyre and the wood of David. And so as you look at all this, and David said, Solomon's son is young and tender, and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceeding magnificently. And, and he, so he's talking about that. It's magnificent. It's going to be the top. You know why? Understand this again. Because, buddy, there's a tie-in to watch this. Now, you watch this. A lot of people want to act like you can live for God, and it doesn't matter, matter how you look. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter nothing about that. But I'm going to tell you something right here. David's is already setting a platform, a foundation that when God's temple, amen, it was going to be a temple that caught the attention of everybody. Everybody was going to notice it. And it wasn't necessarily the size of it. Now, it was double the size of the tabernacle that Moses. If you go back and do a study on that and look at the size of it, it was double the size of that that Moses had built. And the tabernacle that God took up a whole, uh, gave to Moses, the plan of it, which is the plan of salvation. But the point I'm trying to make here, it does make a difference, amen, to God. Amen. When he begins to set up things and things of this nature, because he, God still wanted the rest of the world to know. And all of their facilities that they had built in places that they had made sacrifices and gave themselves to, amen, where they was going to meet their gods and worship their gods. Amen. It does make a difference, amen, when we come to this house. That's the reason it is important, amen. Thank God for a great parking lot. Thank God for some great buildings here, amen, that we try our best to keep them clean and, and up to part and things of that nature. Why? Because all that sends out a signal that all sends out your feelings about this house. If you never come in this house and, and you never look around and think, you know, you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to donate to this and I'm going to, you know, get, get involved in here. Amen. Because I want us to better because this is the house of God. I want to see it blessed. Brother Keith, thank you. God bless you, man. He come back here. I don't know how many of you noticed. How many of you noticed he done some air conditioner work back here? How many of you noticed some new deals on the thing? I'm sorry. I caught you. you just, just good planning, just good timing. There's others, amen, to take it on themselves. How many noticed some lights that's went up around here that uh, all of a sudden you walk in here and the light comes on? How many's noticed a new light on the sign back here? How many's noticed that you're at the house of God today? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, I hope I forget this. I mean, you remember the little old two trees that's back here for a long time. Amen. And I just cut them down. I didn't get with the board. I didn't get with nobody. We just cut them down because we're going to build a building. It took some for months. They come up to me, hey, what happened to them trees? I cut them down two months ago. What? I said, yeah, they've been gone for two months. <laughs> you know why the size of them wasn't here? How many of you notice this tree now? Praise God. But anyway, so the bigger the tree. So if you want to be a big guy, just remember when you go on, they'll notice it. <laughs> amen. Anyway, here we go. But this is the point I'm trying to make. Our, our passion. Amen. All of that is a governing or ruling stick of our passion of God. It really does. It ties together. Now watch it. That also includes this temple. Because, now I know we say that this is not the temple of God. But yet it is a place that we come and worship. It is a, so that's the reason. But at the same, this temple right here. How we present it. Not just in, not just in the matter of holiness and standards. Huh. What about health and things of this nature? Yeah, I'm a strong believer in this. In fact, if you remember, man, I'm getting sidetracked. I don't mean to do this. I got too much other. Let's move on. Let's move on. We'll come back to that sometime. Anyway, take care of yourself. You're the temple of God. God wants you to live a good, healthy life. So take care of yourself. I mean, come on, don't, don't, don't disregard a lot of that stuff and just overrule it. The doctor says something not good for you. It's not good for your body. Amen. For whatever reason, there may be a reason. Everybody else can may eat it and drink it, but you can't. You know what the best thing you do? Don't drink it. Don't eat it. It's a temple of God. You know what? We want good health of bodies. Amen. And we don't want people dying. I'm going to tell you, you know what's going to be one of the biggest casualties of this generation? Amen. And I'm just going to be point blank with you. Amen. This younger generation of the last 20 years that gave themselves over to meth and these type of drugs and things of that nature, it's going to show up. It didn't stop just there. It wasn't just a casualty. They got them at an early grave. You're going to see a number of them, amen, when they get in their 40s and 50s and things of that nature, they're going to start having heart failures and liver failures and all other kind of failures, amen, because they damage them organs. 
I'm just telling you like it is because that's exactly what sin does. And that's the same with the house of God. When in the spiritual realm, when we start open up and we allow this and we allow that, we begin to open up this and open up that. We're not doing nothing but bringing destruction to ourselves. When we try to broaden this thing up and, and begin, no, God help us to be the men of God and the vessels of God. Amen. This is the way it was done by the forefathers. These are good traditions. Amen. It kept them clean. It kept them upright. Come on. We didn't need the surgeons to put on those packs. Amen. It was bad for our health. God already told us it's not a good thing to smoke cigarettes. It's not a good thing, amen, to chew tobacco. Those things, amen, are destructive to the body. Amen. If God helped them out there, that's the reason. He told us, keep Hollywood out of your life because it'll destroy your mind. It'll destroy your spirit. It'll destroy your heart. It's a slow process, but it'll always come to I tell you, God knows how to take care of his church. God knows how to take care of his darlings. We just got to tune our ears into what the word of God says, that we can present these bodies holy and acceptable to the living God. It's the most reasonable service that we and you and I can do. So anyway, there we go. So as we watch this, as David begins to work with them, and we begin to watch some of this really begin to unfold and take place, as God begins to work, amen, on their behalf and, the, you know, and transpire and let these things happen. Now, let's go. Ooh, i got so much I want to try to cover here. So let me, uh, it's 11.36 already. So let me just, let me talk about some things just for a minute here. Look at David, David. I think there's something, I think there's something we ought to look at. Whenever it was on David's heart, amen, to, to build this temple, amen, to, to do the work that God, amen, that, that, that he wanted to do for it, amen. What happened? When Nathan come, amen, it was on his heart, and, and the man of God, he told Nathan, he said, man, I want to build a house for God, I want to build a temple. He said, man, here I am, amen, I, I'm living, I'm living in this find home. I'm in a cedar and this, 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 this uh, uh, tabernacle or sanctuary or house or just whatever you want to call it. But when I come here it's intense. Now God amen speaks to him through the man Nathan talks about amen that he was willing now watch this. Now there is faith with this and or the faithfulness of God you see that. The reason God didn't want amen to, for, for Moses or any of them to build a, a stationary amen tabernacle because God was going to be willing to move with them through the wilderness and so it had to be a Built in tents, amen. And so they could pick it up, amen. The Levites would carry it, put it, take it down, and put it up, and put it on the shows, and carry it with them on a regular basis. Now he never moved upon any of the judges. He never moved upon any of the men prior, amen, to David. And this is what Nathan comes back and tells David, amen, that I had any desire, or would there be any purpose or reason at this time and point, amen, to to have a stationary temple, amen? I got to have one that can be motivated. I got to have one that's got to move. And so we we're going to. He inhabit in those places. And this is a meeting place. And you know how the story went with God, with Moses, about all this unfolding. And so now, though, it's reaching to a place. And so now David, and David's moves upon his heart. So he, Nathan tells David, he says, you can't build it. He said, you're disqualified. What disqualified David? Anybody take any note to that? God told him. Now watch this. I guarantee you if there had been a vote made about humanity, everybody voted 100% for David to build the tabernacle. But God, amen, sometimes God disqualifies us over things, amen, that nobody else would. It's God's business. Okay? But God wouldn't allow him. He told him you got too much blood on your hands. You had too many wars. You You shed too much blood. I'm going to do a research on that. I'm going to do a study on that. Could it be? Now, now you go jump on me for this because I'm kind of stepping out here. Could it be that maybe there are times that even David took war a little too far? Like the heathens did time after time. Could it be that David took some things in his own hand? Now, we know that he shed one. Put him in a place. We know that for a fact. The Bible records that. But he, now he's talking about there's too much blood. David, on your hands. It disqualifies you from building this. Now, let's get to the meat of this lesson. Amen. What did David do? He didn't go and, and you know, stick out his lip and pout and boo-hoo like Saul did. Like Saul went to Jezebel because he didn't get something his way. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We need to become adult enough in the house of God that we quit walking around our feelings on our shoulders. That's what's wrong with this country. That's the reason they'll blow your head off if you're wearing the wrong cap. If you go down the wrong road, that's of the devil. That's of carnality. That's of flesh. That's not of God. Amen. That's the reason you and I got to get that under submission and under subjection and keeping it there. And the only way that I and you can do that is to kill it on a regular basis. Amen. Crucify 
mortifying this flesh, mortifying the deeds of this body, not letting carnality have the voice or the rule or the governorship or the reign in our hearts and our minds and our spirit. <laughs> and so David leaves us a great example. Amen. He said he don't get mad. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't do any of that. But you know what he does? He starts laying up. He starts storing up. He starts even, even, watch this. David was, was given the plans. Solomon didn't come up with the plans. You read it. David gave Solomon the plans. David, amen, laid up and stored up. That's the reason the writer talks about, amen, even though it just took a few, few about seven years, I think it was, to build this temple. It covered two whole generations. Because the first generation began to lay up and store up and put things in place to see it come to pass and to see it happen. Amen. And so it's going to pay you and I, amen, in prayer and being led by God. God, what you want that the first Jesus name church of Bendale. Amen. And let's just don't focus it here. We do mission work and things of that nature. But we're just going to use our local assembly here. Amen. It's God, what would you want me to lay up? What would you want me to store up that will benefit the generations to come? And I really don't have to have my name attached to it. But God, you know, it, God, you work that out. That's God's business there. But amen, to lay up or to store up that that would be pleasing and up right and the sight to help help this kingdom. Amen. What if we begin to lay up and store them? See that's one of the areas I pushed even we really believe in. We're, we're already pursuing about the school. We, we got some things that's uh, you know progress so some of you young couples, amen, if you're really interested in your darlings being in a school, number one you need to be doing is praying every day. Not occasionally not every once in a while but every day seeking the face of God about it. Some of you grandparents that knows what's going on around us, you ought to be more in prayer than them. Amen. Because you know what's happening them schools, you know what they're being affected by, and I've talked to more spiritual things, amen, as much as the other, amen, and if we can protect them, we have the we have the responsibility to do that, amen, why do you put restraints, why do you buckle up in your automobiles, why you by the law, amen, can't just let them ride up front, and you can hold them if you want to, there, there's laws against that, why, because we, we know that's a dangerous thing to do, and they can scream and holler and do all these other things, so likewise, us spiritually, amen, to have a school, and a, an apostolic school to try to raise them up about this one God message. Amen. There's not a Trinitarian message. If you don't believe in the one God message, I'm telling you, you're going to be lost and undone. I hate to be that way, but I'm telling you that's what the Bible's taught us. And so there are some doctrines and things that need to be ingrained to their hearts more than just on Sunday morning and Sunday nights and Wednesday night. But if we can raise them up in an atmosphere and start the day out, praying the name of Jesus over them and introducing them, amen, to the word of God and the power thereof. And you know what? We need to get into this thing. I'm not headed into this, amen, looking for government programs. I'm not headed into this thing looking, amen, Amen for, for, for things of that nature. Now I'm going to tell you what. God promises. And I thought about it this week in prayer. God promises that men will give into our bosom. Amen. Amen. Shaking it running over and flowing over. I'm telling you God. Amen. Can move upon men in this community. They may not even be in this state. I don't know. But God knows. But he's got to have somebody that's willing to step out. He's got to have somebody say you know what. I'm going to take on the burden. I'm going to take on the trial. And you know what. It's got to start with us as parents and grandparents. Amen. To say you know what. I'm going to make a difference for my baby. I want them to know what it is of speaking a heavenly language. I want them to know what it is to walk in the Holy Ghost. I want them to know what it is to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. In their teenage years. I don't want them to just sit back in the house of God. Just another place that we just social gather. No, we're not here to just social gather, honey. We're here to fight against the powers of hell. We say, amen, to fight against to pull down the rulers of darkness. And you've got to have a kingdom. You've got to have a place. You've got to have a unity for that to happen. Hmm. Tell you what. They won't be in yours many backsliding. They won't be in years made it lukewarm. Why, why, what's one of the biggest reasons we want a strong military in the USA? If you've got a strong enough military and they know you've got it, they ain't going to fool with you. When you've got folks you can put in a, in a jet somewhere and fly over in just a few minutes and you can ship, ship you know, send out a few ships and set off after a couple hundred miles. And, and I'm talking about blow up a home while the other two stills leave standing. I mean, why fool with a guy, a man that can dot both of your eyes before you can blink them? I mean, that's just, that's, that's, you know what that is? That's temper out of control. That's good sense out of control. I'm just telling you like it is. 
But you know what? We know who's going to win this battle. The winners are going to be the disciples of Jesus Christ. Regardless of what comes and goes. When you talk about this temple, you talk about all this setup. Now you watch it. Even this temple here. When you really begin to talk about this temple and the setup and coming to it. What's going to happen in the millennium? Who are we going to go to in the millennium? Who's all nations going to go to in the millennium? Where's the tabernacle going to be set up? All nations are going to come to it for a thousand years. God's going to set it up. That Jesus is going to set in that tabernacle. Now we're going to be ruling as priests and kings. The pride's going to be gone. I don't know how we all going to just fit in all this. I don't know, but I'll tell you. That's how it's going to unfold. That's how it's going to take. To the point even believe that most of them believe that the earth is going to come back together. They tell us that the earth right now, if you took it, it's like a puzzle. And you can bring it right back together. That division of separation was the fall of mankind. And he then go to Paul's writings in Corinthians. He talks about the earth groaning. Groaning for what? For the coming of the Son of God. Amen. For this time and all this to be fulfilled. That there won't be, they won't be no earthquakes. There won't be no hurricanes. There won't be no tornadoes. There won't be bad storms. I don't even know. He may in that thousand years set it up. There won't be no rains. There won't be one rainy day. He'll just, if he watered it from the beginning, from the beneath, he can do the same thing. And then we're going to live in turmoil and our nerves bad and all that. Ah, oh, come on, folks. My Lord, have mercy. we got the kingdom of God on our behalf. We'll obey his word. And follow his anointing, honey. I tell you, the deep devil and all the devils. You know our biggest problem is disobedience. It's always been man's biggest problem. It's those disobedience to the commandments and the statutes of God Almighty. If we'll love them and respect them, amen, and love it with everything it is within. I will tell you something. Nobody should have any regrets about being brought to truth. Paul talked about being a curse for Israel, but he knew nah, can't happen. Everybody in this house needs to be thankful. You know what, God? You had mercy and grace and compassion on me to bring me to truth. And I can't control what everybody else believes or don't believe. I can live a life before them. And God, you help me to be the testimony you want me to be. Help me say the things I need to say. Help me handle situations. Don't let me get out of control. You help me, God. Because I want to be, be what you want me to be in this. But there shouldn't be no regret of coming to this apostolic truth. This called out and becoming a temple of God Almighty. Becoming a temple of the Holy Ghost. There's not a greater joy. There's not a greater life to live than living for God. There doesn't have greater benefits. None of it. Nothing trumps living for God. So, I, I know I'm... <laughs> so, as we, we watch some of this really begin to unfold, and, and so David began to really lay up and store up and put things, amen, in a place. And, and then, then he, he talks about bringing Solomon. He brings them out and he calls all of the leaders, buddy. All of them. But the multitudes out there. And he presents and he talks about how that, that, that Solomon, Solomon is going to be the one. And he talks about, he said, David says, he said, God gave me many sons. But watch this. But he said, the Lord chose Solomon. When it's God's kingdom and God's business... We shouldn't let seniority or our own names, regardless of what, what generation of Pentecostal we might be, amen, do the calling. Daddies and mamas and sons and daughters and wives and husbands don't do the calling in somebody's life. When it comes to the kingdom of God, it's God's business. He knows how to equip us. He knows how to, to, to uh, help us, amen, to accomplish those things and fulfill those things. You know what? They may be a shock to a lot of people on the other side when they realize you weren't really walking in the kingdom of God and in the place you ought to be in. Well, well, that went. But it's still the truth. To know, to know where God wants me to be and how to walk and how to handle that situation. So as we begin to look at some of this, King David said, we talked about in this sacrifice, and go to Proverbs 3 and 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with thy first fruits of all thy increase. The first fruits of thy increase. You know, some believe that they can just wait to the end of the year and pay their tithes and still have the same blessings of God. But that's not what the Bible's taught. Your first increase. 
If you want the favor and blessings of God up on the 90%, pay the first. I've said this before. How many of us would work for a company if they didn't pay us until December the 31st? First thing in your mind is they may bankrupt between now and then. (laughs) We wouldn't do it, would we? So neither should we handle God's business and kingdom the same way. Okay. I'll leave that alone. Watch this. See verse 10 and 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Well, I know I'm throwing a few little men. This is, you know what? I need to be doing everything that's within my power for you to be everything that God wants you to be. Any way that I can help. And sometimes that's opening my mouth. And sometimes that's keeping my mouth shut. There's a time and a season for all things. There is a place. When it's God's business, God knows how to work it. God knows how to work it. When you go to the 22nd and look at the 8th verse. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly. And hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name. Because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. You're not going to get to do it, David. Behold a son. He talks about the son. So David charges to Solomon. When you drop down to the 11th verse. Now my son, the Lord be with thee. And prosper thou. And build the house of the Lord thy God. And he hath said to thee of thee. Only the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding. Give thee charge concerning Israel. That thou mayest, mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. Watch, watch some of the same pattern. Even though Solomon's called. He's got the favor of his dad. He's got the favor of God upon him. He's still got to do what? Keep the laws of the Lord. That we never, we never reach a point or a place. We never become educated enough. We never become rich enough. We never hold the right positions. Amen. That ever exempts us from keeping the laws of the commandment of God. God expects every single one of us. From the pulpit to whoever it might be. Amen. We've got to hold on and keep the commandments of God. We've got to live within those that framework of God. I promise you everybody under the sound of my voice. If you live long enough there's going to be times where where you have an opportunity. Amen. That that you say, you know what? I think I'm going to change up a little bit here. I'm going to go a little direction. I'm going to get get what I need to because those temptations and trials are going to come. But I'm going to tell you something. Even to the point that you make it feel like, well, I'm excused. I got a right because that's the world we're living in today. People's coming out of closets and and they're claiming rights that they don't really have. Amen. They can claim all the rights upon this earth. They want to claim and they can try to achieve them and accomplish them and get all the aid and assistance from mankind they want to get. But here's the problem. And here's where they come in con- con- uh, conflict with you and I. Amen. So it's whenever they start walking up to us saying, I'm going to the same heaven you're going to. I'm serving the same God you're serving. Amen. I believe in the same one. I'm here to tell you the word of God says or not. And by the word of God, not my word, but by the commandments, by the laws and commandments and the statutes and the principles that's what's written in this word that God says that he wants to write on the tables of a heart. Amen. And put them in our mind and put them in our spirit. Amen. Cancels them out. And amen. It's God's word, not mine. And here's the other deal. Everybody's going to have to give an account because it's going to be the same words that we're going to bow down to, that we're going to have to give an account to. So I'm not going to try to add and I'm not going to try to take from them. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my best to do what God wants to do in this kingdom. Amen. To hold on to the principles and hold on to commandments. Amen. And that's the reason we still practice and believe. Amen. To the foundation. Hallelujah. Of the repentance and baptism in Jesus and infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because you know without that then you're on the wrong foundation. And I know the multitude don't believe that. But I'm telling you the multitude don't make it right. You and I got to understand. Amen. The word of God's what makes it right. And God's the one that makes it right. And when we pray the prayers of faith and we call on the name of Jesus we can expect miracles and wonders and signs. And it's not for an entertainment. It's not for a show. It's not to put on entertainment for the world. Amen. It's to demonstrate the kingdom and the power of God. And there's not a devil he can't deliver you from. There's not a power he can't live. I don't care how many generations it's been handed down to, but you and I have got to be determined. I want deliverance. I want truth. I want the love of truth. I want the power of truth. I want to walk in the beauty of power of it. I want to be what God wants me to be. I'm in this kingdom for his glory. 
I'm in this kingdom to fulfill and accomplish what he'd have me to do. Now watch, as, as David called upon to begin to put all these things into motion, into practice, and it's 1155, 1 Kings 5, go there. You'll see where Solomon, Solomon, after the Bible even called it a second, a second anointing or a second touch. It's where he takes the room. The Bible said he takes David's room, the throne room. And here, amen, is where you begin to read about Hiram, amen, calls on him. He calls out to him, amen, and willing to help him, to assist him. As Solomon responds unto him because he loved David, Hiram loved David. And so he tells, he talks about how David made such a good decision to have a son to enlarge him. Things like and so he begins to tell him, amen, that he wants to help him build this temple because he's over the fir wood, amen, he's over the cedars of Lebanon. And so he says, yes, we're going to do this. And watch this. If you go and read through that chapter, I don't have time this morning. I'm sorry, but but if you read that chapter, you'll see that they put uh, they put miles, amen, and a lot of labor into it. Solomon sent some servants. Watch if you read through it, you'll see where Solomon sent, amen. I think it was a hundred thousand or something of that nature, amen. And they would you know, three months. They would go for a month and come home for two months and go for a month. And they worked together and worked hand in hand, both hiring servants and them. And they would cut and so because nobody knew the craftsmanship and the work. Workmanship like this did. Amen. They was blessed of God. And so they, they was willingly, amen, to do this. And so they even volunteered to do this and help do it to, to see it happen. And they come and they floated them out to the sea and floated them down to Solomon. And they took them in to put them into this. So we see such great measure and sacrifices being made by thousands and thousands of individuals coming together and joining together, amen, to get this thing to happen. I'm going to tell you something. We need to pray for unity in Bendale, Mississippi, like never before. We need to pray for unity. Unity, amen. I don't care how young you are, and I don't want to hear that junk. I don't want to hear that garbage, amen, of different generations and young and old. And this thing, I'm telling you, if it causes an ism or a schism in the body, it's of the devil or it's a flesh. It's not of God. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, amen. If you want to cause divisions and separation, God said to mark them, amen, and to mark them, amen. Now, if that division or separation is going to stay with the word of God, that's one thing. But if it's just to cause heartaches and disappointment and because we don't get something our way, that's a flesh out of control. That's a lack of elders in our lives. That's a lack of submitting and some humbling ourselves. Amen. Because we want to be kingdom builders. Not my kingdom, but thy kingdom. Hallelujah. Not my will, but thy will to be done. Amen. Because I'm going to be dead and gone. But I want a church to be here for my grandbabies and great-grandbabies. And ever how long it's going to be. A church is still walking in the kingdom. A church is still preaching the truth. A church is still delivering souls. A church is still having revival. A church is still having miracles and wonders of sign. That's kingdom-minded. we got to be, be kingdom-minded. You know one of the biggest problems with our nation today? We quit being nation-minded and what I can do for the nation. But we're raising a generation and a world, amen, is what the nation can do for me. What can my government do for me? What can be handed out to me? What's this? You stand. I'm through. I know it's, it's 12 o'clock. I'm sorry. It's, I heard Brother Adams made the statement raised Virginia, valleys of Virginia, for poor, poor poverty. Think, I think it was eight children. He had one income, his dad's income. He, he says this. And he said, we didn't believe in no government assistance. They wouldn't even ask for them. They didn't believe in them. Here's, here's, here's one of the problems with that. Once you start getting into a government assistance and leaning on that, amen, it starts to trend. But you will see the day as we continue. They're going to control. Once they get individuals into a place that they have to depend on them, then they're going to start demanding, before we put your money down to your account, we need all your guns. And when that baby's starving, and you ain't got nothing to get them, and you can't get them nothing, I ain't giving up my gun without my dead body. Ninety-nine out of a hundred is going to give them up. There may be one or two in there that won't, but they won't be, they won't be the majority. They'll be the few. Plus, you've got to realize something. It's kind of like with Jeremiah, when he said when he's going to Babylon, you're going. Doesn't matter who you are and how strong you might think you are. 
It was God's will for them to go to Babylon. And it's God's will for this thing to come to a close until an end time. And it's God's will for this thing to become a one world and one government. And it's going to happen. And nobody can stop it. All you and I can do, amen, is maybe prolong it or prepare ourselves to make sure we fall out on the right side when it's all said and done. And the only way you and I can do that is start working on ourselves. Connor, it's good to have you today, man. God bless you. Appreciate you. Caught him off, but times he'd be all right. <laughs> but but I'm telling you, God will work for us. God will work for us. And that's that's what you and I got to understand. God will provide. You know, He sends us through tests already. He really does. And our response, I can take a dish or show you. <laughs> He allowed them to go certain places and, 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 and enter, you know, come into involvement in certain things to see their response. Come on, folks. God doesn't allow a test in our lives to destroy us. God allows tests in our lives that when we get through the tests, we're stronger. It increases our faith. It increases our trust. You know what? God did this, he'll do that. He's in the business of doing that. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. I won't keep you any longer. I know it's after 12. Love you. I really would have loved to took you. Look at Isaiah 1 and 15. If you don't think that blood situation don't have anything to do with it, look at Isaiah 1 15. And listen, look at what Isaiah wrote unto them about the blood on their hands. And Paul come along and taught us, he said, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. Love you this morning. God bless you. Don't forget practice time, 4.30, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service.